let's face it, being a teacher, it can be hard work. Being a teacher in general is pretty challenging. Now imagine flying halfway across the world into a country where you're working with kids who have completely varying levels of English experience. As much as the Chalma experience is extremely rewarding in many aspects, it is also probably the one of the most exhausting things that I've ever done. You have every five minutes or every 15 minutes or every half hour completely mapped out with all the activities you're going to do. You've got cutouts, you've got worksheets, you've got different activities. Between planning and waking up early and from going to bed late and being in the classroom for five hours with the kids nonstop um, with noise and everything. I mean, there's a million and one factors that go into a day. And so because of that, we've always got to be adaptive. Hi, my name is Nate Nelson. Welcome to the Adventurous Teacher Podcast. Teaching is rewarding, exciting, full of joy and meaningful connection. But it's also exhausting. It's stressful. And when we're talking about teaching English as a second language in Israel, oftentimes balagan or chaotic. Those who step into this profession do so with an understanding of both sides of this equation, that the greatest reward comes only through that hard-earned sweat of a job well done. Each teacher has their own reason for coming to teach in underserved Israeli communities, but among the characteristics they all share is a dedication to their work, the kind of drive to not just be a good teacher, but one whose talents can cross national borders can cross language barriers, and then foster meaningful connections with students. But how do they do it? Well, it starts with getting out of bed on the right foot. Those who do the work of waking up before the birds, traveling those long distances to wherever help is most needed, and getting that rowdy group of kids to become just a little bit smarter by day's end, are exactly the type of people who deserve to have a little fun, right? After the long workday, when all that scheduled programming is over, and on the weekends, Talmud teachers have a country full of people to meet and sights to see. From the Sea of Galilee to the Negev Desert, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and everywhere in between, there are simply too many things to do, and even with all of your free time, too little time to do it. Today we have with us Haley Wright, Zach Kroll, Andrew Bader, Michelle Bader, Sam Brotman, Alex Greenspan, Andrew Dana Leibowitz, all Talmud participants, all ready to tell us about the work-life balance of teaching in Israel. Drinking wine and just talking about our lives and getting to know one another and having fun and... I would find a couple of songs that I felt like would kind of get everybody like jacked up and excited and ready to go. And I would kind of run up and down the hallways, uh, blaring music and dancing. Um, we would usually throw like a dance party for a good like five, ten minutes to kind of get as many people like jacked up and ready to go as possible. Um, pretty much every time everyone was clothed, um, quite often people were running out in like towels or like jumping out of the shower to come and join the dance party in the hallway. Every morning we had the most beautiful sunrises that would come up on one side of the mountain and I'd, I'd like to go for a run and see the sunrise over the mountainside. Because I was living in Ashkelon, I was at the beach every single day after school. I enjoyed a fantastic dinner somewhere on the boardwalk. Because the food was so good, we just ate all the time and uh, I lost no weight. 
Um, nobody lost any weight. Like we just like crushed Israeli cottage cheese and like labne and like bread all the time, which is probably like not healthy for us, but like, we loved every minute of it. We always went to um, Ben and Jerry's, the factory. We'd always drive us to um, the factory to get ice cream. I think we went probably four or five times a week. And it was just such a special thing that we could do because our group was so small. When you're teaching in the heart of Jerusalem or on the beaches of Ashkelon, you don't have to go far to have a good time. But what about if you're out in a small desert town like Meets Bay Ramon? I lived in Mitzbeh Ramon, which is in the middle of the Negev. And if you're not sure exactly where that is, just keep going south from Tel Aviv and past Beersheba. And if you've started to hit a lot that's too far, go back north. <laughs> um, and that was very different for me um, growing up and living in New York City, which is also known the concrete jungle. I was now living in sand and dust and very little amounts of trees and the squirrels turned into ibex and um, it was, there, there was no local Chinese food store I could order in from when I didn't feel like cooking. Mitzvah Ramon is a very, very small town um, and I'm used to bigger cities, so it was definitely an adjustment. Uh, but really, it was just learning how to make your own fun and make your own activities. We also take trips to other locations. So we go to Beersheba, we go to Tel Aviv, um, and travel around also. Some Talmud teachers are sent off to the far reaches of the country, away from that waterfront and the nightlife and Maccabi Tel Aviv. And yet those teachers also leave every year, and they miss their small desert hamlets, self-contained youth villages, and remote mountainside retreats as much as anyone has ever missed Haifa, Eilat, or the Galilee. Because no matter where you are, you're always around friends and a rental car. The community in Ayanot that we formed with the 30 of us that were there it was almost stronger because of the situation that we were put in. And we shared such a special bond that summer because we really were at a point where we didn't have anything else to do but rely on each other for entertainment and support. Uh, it was nice to get to know uh, teachers from all across the world and we kind of use our weekends to relax. We hit Tel Aviv uh, on our two free weekends and it was super cheap jumping into Sharut for I think it was like maybe eight to ten dollars American uh, round trip, um, which was awesome. I think it just encourages, at least for me, a healthier lifestyle. And I know some of the other girls. Um, we go hiking into the Maktesh, which is beautiful, um, and I'm definitely appreciating nature and camels a lot more than I ever did in the state. So I linked up with these two uh, two young ladies that were living in my building. Um, one from Chicago, and I believe the other one was from California. And we decided, you know, one morning, let's wake up at three in the morning, let's go hike Masada, let's go to the En Gedi, um, and then let's go float in the Dead Sea. So we spent um, one whole morning incorporating a little bit of sightseeing, a little bit of exercise, um, and a little bit of culture um, in our day. And that was probably one of the most rewarding days, you know, just touching down and, and really uh, diving into um, 
some cool experiences that they uh, Israel has to offer. Me and Elise and Shad and Ryan and Fan all rented a car and drove up to Tiberias together and did a weekend in Tiberias. We did we took public transportation and did a weekend in Tel Aviv. We also went to a lot. Um, we would go and like hike in Avdat, kind of like just day stuff. Um, and we also every Shabbat, if we were in Meets Bay, we did a hike into the Maktash, um, which is the crater that's in Meets Bay. We wound up like renting a car from Tel Aviv. Uh, and then driving all the way up north to the Golan and kind of like finding some random little like hot springs to go swim in. And like we spent the day there. There were like three of us, all from Ben Shemin, kind of hanging out, spending the day up there. And then we wound up going up to um, this hostel up in Golan Heights. Wound up being like the most beautiful place imaginable. Open air, um, just, just gorgeous. We wind up driving up to this Druze village in, in the Golan. So we come back, uh, we decide to hike up this mountain and go see the sunset and we have these beautiful pictures. So we're watching the sun just like set over this mountain which was like incredible. And then we come back down um, to the hostel and we're all sitting around, we're kind of drinking beers and sitting around this fire and there's people from from all over the place. And the, the coolest thing was, we were all having a conversation with each other and we were all talking about all these different things, kind of our backgrounds, asking each other questions. And the thing was, we were all speaking English. And we're so spoiled here in the States because we speak English normally. And everyone else kind of is forced to learn English because of the fact that that's what we speak. And that's the quote unquote, the universal language. And it just reinforced to me so much, and I told this to the people I, I went up there with, told this to my friends, it reinforced me so much how important the work we did the, over the summer was. Because, I mean, how many people in the world speak Hebrew, right? It's such a small fraction of, of the world's population speaks Hebrew. And so if our kids from this summer want to travel anywhere in the world, the chance of them being able to communicate in Hebrew is so limited but if they can learn English and they can learn to converse and they can really dive deep into conversations and get themselves around, they'll be able to travel anywhere and go do anything. So that conversation around that campfire with all these people from all different countries, countries that are as close to each other as like Georgia and Alabama are, right? It reinforces the idea of how important it is for us to be able to teach our kids English and how important it was for our kids to learn that language. You know, it's great to go on trips and see different parts of the world, interact with new people, and get out of your comfort zone a little bit. But your time off while teaching on Talma isn't time off from Talma. The way you spend your after-school hours is an integral part of that greater Talma experience. I mean, you're going on trips, seeing a different part of the world, interacting with new people, and getting out of your comfort zone. You may not feel it in the moment, but all of that is contributing to the bettering of you as a person, even as a teacher. When you return home from Israel, you'll not simply have taught somewhere else in the world, you'll have become more worldly and had experiences and relationships that will inform the person you continue the rest of your life as and the teacher you'll continue to be. 
It was very interesting um, to live at right near Tzfat, which is an extremely Jewish and very religious um, and spiritual community, and then be working in, um, in, in an Arab-Israeli school, uh, which were obviously two very different environments. Um, I had also uh, never been to an Arab-Israeli community before um, or been able to interact with Arab-Israelis before. I really got to have some really cool and really interesting conversations with um, some Israelis that I feel like most people don't get to have. I, I kind of realized there's a kind of a little bit of a schism between um, Israeli Jews and American Jews. We work with Israelis in the Tama program um, and I really enjoy we once a week get together and do different activities. Sometimes we cook together. Uh, sometimes we go somewhere together. We had Israelis that were part of our community that every Wednesday they came down and we were able to talk to them about stuff that was going on in our schools and get their advice and have them to also lean on or any holiday. They were always like, come up and spend Shabbat with us. Israelis are the most welcoming people that I know. Um, I wrote a blog uh, for my grad school program and one thing that I wrote in it is that when an Israeli asks you to come stay over, they mean it versus when an American asks that they secretly wish to never see you again. Um, so I think it to be very, very true. I actually just spent the night last night with my co-teacher. So in the schools, I work with an Israeli co-teacher. She and I have gotten really close, um, and I've gotten really close with her kids and her family as well. So I hung out with her and her family at her house last night, um, and I do that pretty frequently, um, go and spend time with them. And it's really nice. I actually brought back American candy from when I was home for her kids to try, um, and it's really fun to see the similarities that everyone has, even though we come from different cultures and different countries. When uh, we were sitting um, at the end of the day, and uh, my co-teacher said that she was going to a wedding uh, that night in a nearby community to Ramah, where we were working, and I asked her if I could come, and she said, of course. So I took the bus out there later on that evening, um, and she picked me up and first uh, took me to her in-law's house. Um, her in-laws did not speak one word of English, but were so happy to have me and gave me uh, tea and, and uh, treats. And we went to this wedding, and the wedding was um, on, a, on a street corner. So it wasn't in a hall, it was on the street, um, on the corner of the street. And basically, if you walked down uh, to the lower street corner, that's where everyone was eating. And people would get up and then other people would just sit down and they'd keep putting new plates in front of people because uh, there were so many people that not everyone could sit down at the same time. And then when you walked up the street to the next street corner above that, um, that's where all the dancing was. Um, I mean, they were throwing people in the air. Um, it was the only the groom was there and not the bride because I think the bride has her own wedding um, celebration and the groom has his own wedding celebration and the music was Arabic and, and uh, wonderful and um, there was separate men and women dancing and there was rows of men on one side watching and rows of women on the other side watching the dancing um, and then back to uh, back to the dancing and there was fireworks and the entire community was involved in this wedding. It was an incredible experience to be immersed in this celebration in this community um, and be able to be a part of that. This is what Tama is about. It's work and it's life a balance. 
my co-teacher and her family, they had me over for dinner one night. One particular day, they said, you know, Alex, you're going to come over. You're going to you're going to meet the whole family. And um, we're going to go to some of our favorite places around the village. So you're just you're a guest for the day. You're going to eat dinner. And after the school day ended, I went over to first my co-teacher's parents home where her father had served in uh, Knesset as a representative there and a beautiful home. After that, I got to go to her house, which overlooked uh, the valley. I forget the mountain right across, but um, this gorgeous valley and a lot of the little farm plots of the people of Beit John were down here in this valley. So you could see there's a, a kind of self-sustenance, this ability to take care of self. Um, that everyone has their land, even though they're in a really cramped village, they make sure that everyone has a plot of land to farm on their own to, to feed themselves. Um, and then they took me down. I, I got to ride in the car down into the valley, up the other side of the mountain. So I got to see this incredible view of Israel from uh, from the Sea of Galilee all the way down to the Mediterranean. You could see everything from the top of this mountain. Basically, the, the span, the width of Israel, just in a single site. Um, it was incredible. So just took a moment to, to feel the clouds coming over the mountain. We were at that, at that elevation about I think, three or 4,000 feet up and just talked about the little things, what they'd gone through growing up when they met. So I was talking with my co-teacher and her husband, um, how they met when they knew they were in love, how they feel about each other's families, um, their two children, Isla and Nabil, were with us. And I was asking Nabil about soccer and school and what he wants to do after he goes through the army. And they were asking me about my family. We were sharing pictures. Went back down to the family house till uh, nearly about nightfall. And I got a bus back from there. I would say that day singularly summarized the kind of feeling of community I had teaching in Beijing. felt like I was at home and it could be that Israel is just the most amazing place I've ever been in my life and I feel at home there and it could be the people of Talma and it could be a mixture of both. Um, I'm not quite sure but I think it is. I'm Nate Nelson. For more information on Talma visit TalmaIsrael.com. Thanks for listening. Let's get cracking, better start packing, getting on a big jet plane. Going on a mission, a teaching expedition, and you're never gonna be the same. The weather's swell, well hot as hell, we thought that you should know. And just assume you'll share a room, it ain't the Four Seasons, hello? Oh yes, you're teaching in Israel. You can conceive, you won't believe, the adventure that's in store. That's right, you're teaching in Israel. Better hang on tight with all your might, unlike anything you've done before. The kids are warm, hugs are the norm, they all love to embrace. But you'll run for cover when the class is over, say goodbye to your personal space. At night unwind, rest your mind, or wait for weekend leave. Go and scream and blow off steam in a club in Tel Aviv. You wake at dawn, your life force gone, so sleepy it's insane. But those kids will swarm your zombie forms till you're alive again.
as you're teaching in Israel. You can't conceive, you won't believe this adventurous endeavor. Oh yes, you're teaching in Israel. You'll be an inspiration, it's about education and changing lives forever. Guys, you're about to experience Israel like you never have before. You're going to have a huge impact in these kids' lives. Over the coming weeks, we're going to be sending you videos with all the information you need to know. We'll talk to you soon.